everybody. Welcome to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And this is episode number 189. Aaron, uh, we just got done wrapping up a game uh, for tonight's show. That's why we're going on so late. I know somebody was Noah Claxon <laughs> saying the late night factor. Yes. Uh, it, normally when there's uh, not a game, we're on at nine o'clock, but we thought we would uh, uh, give it the extra 50 minutes in this case. Uh, let the game finish and give people an opportunity to uh, take a breath, maybe after the game here, and then uh, pop on in the chat and uh, say hi and and see what they wanted to talk about here. So, uh, Aaron, how's how's your night going so far here? Uh, eh. that good, huh? Uh, it's kind of. I mean, it was a good game. The Sharks were in it for the most part, most of the game, but we just stunk. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, actually, tonight, I don't think they were that bad. I mean, the power play is horrendous. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, I mean, they looked okay in spurts, at least. And, unfortunately, I was uh, I missed most of the first period because uh, when the kids had practice. I had to get dinner going and everything else. But from what I heard from the beginning of that period and also from what I saw at the beginning of the second period, they started off strong, at least. So, I mean, that's, you know, you know again, the, the the hope is that they are watchable, that they are entertaining uh, we understand that they're probably going to be losing a lot of games. That's okay. Uh, but it, it, we want something that we'll at least be able to uh, watch and enjoy. And I think that tonight maybe uh, lean a little bit less on that side, but there were still moments and spurts uh, where I thought they looked uh, pretty good and okay. There was a, a couple players I thought looked all right, like like Eklund again. Eklund's still standing out to me. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's noticeable in the faceoff dot when Storm isn't there. And I think uh, – I want to say Randy had pointed that one out actually during the broadcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sharks have been a very good faceoff team. Uh, sometimes you take a look at the stats and it's like they were winning 60 something percent of the draws uh, on that night. So uh, definitely dominating there. But uh, without uh, Nico Sturm in the fold tonight, um, I'm sure that their faceoffs were uh, a little bit lacking. So uh, just too bad. But that's that's all for tonight's game. We're not quite there yet. So. Uh, why don't we back it up just a little bit here? Wait, you joined me at work here about to start. Oh, Grandizer saying you joined me here at work about to start. Well, there you go. So I guess uh, get back to uh, work. You know, happy to join you at work, I guess, and, and help your workday go by a little bit. Well, I'd say workday. I mean, unless you're halfway around the world. It's, why are you working so late? What are you doing? What do you do for a living, Grandizer? It's called a night shift, Paul. It's called a night shift. Is he a night shifter? I'm sure. I guess so. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's just... Hop right in here. Actually, before we do that, I want to ask everybody in the chat, if you could please help support the show, uh, repost, retweet, whatever it's called now, share us out there, <laughs> Facebook, whatever it is, uh, get us out there to your Sharks friends and family. Let them know that we are alive uh, because if they are not subscribed, we are relying on you. So uh, definitely do appreciate you guys helping us out with that, that one. Get more folks in the chat. We get uh, a, a lot more uh, interaction and it's a lot more fun. So there you go. Kellen Foster made it tonight, he says. Hey, Kellen, great to see you here, buddy. Uh, Graveyard <laughs> Grandizer says he's cleaning. All right, buddy. Uh, and Peterson says, I won't tell your boss, Grandizer. There you go. Peter St. John, <laughs> keeping your secret there, Grandizer. Uh, sounds good. Okay, so Aaron, let's um, let's start at the top here. Uh, we, tonight's game was not the first game we were going to talk about. We kind of threw a few things in there, but that's okay. Um, we're going to talk about the Sharks against the Florida Panthers, a 5-3 loss. Um, this one may be a little misleading with the score because that fifth goal was an empty netter. So it may be a little bit tighter than uh, the score would indicate. But, um, of course, in uh, classic Sharks fa- fashion, uh, going down two to one, uh, going into the third, we just can't seem to get a lead or hold a lead. So, uh, we just stunk. <laughs> it's kind of been the story uh, this season, uh, which is just too bad. Aaron, go ahead. Uh, walk us through some of this game. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, fire away. I don't need to go through the whole recap, but the Sharks uh, were down 2-1 to one going into the third period and scored two quick goals themselves, which is kind of rare. Usually it's the other way around um, to take the lead. So they came from behind in the third period, took a lead, and couldn't hold it. And then uh, they gave up two quick goals just like they normally do. So um, it's unfortunate. Uh, they're missing a lot of guys at their lineup that, I don't know, that would have helped. Like um, I think at that point... Um, Anthony Duclair, who I feel like is starting to get things rolling and, and get things going, um, got strep throat, which is just terrible. And he, I don't know if you read about this, but he lost 10 pounds in the, yeah. I don't know, week or so that he was out. So um, that's always tough to come back to. And um, 
they were missing him. That would have, that would have been the first game against his former team because he was traded from the Panthers to the Sharks. So that's unfortunate that he missed out on that game. But uh, yeah, the Sharks ended up losing this one. And, um, you know, <laughs> I was thinking about this. Have the Sharks ever outshot a team this season? I don't think they have. You know, looking at most of the, the time with, with the games, looking at the shots, it seems like the Sharks are constantly always behind. Um, uh-huh. Maybe not so much the case in the next game here. But, um, yeah, they, I mean, they get, like, only less than 10, seven shots on goal, whatever it is, maybe in, like, the first period. And then uh, whoever it is we're playing against has almost 20. Um, and it seems like that's constant, right? Uh, I'm not yeah. sure about tonight's game necessarily. But, I mean, yeah, it always seems like they're, like, doubling up our shots. Yeah, I mean, the only notes I really have in this game is Daniel Gushin got in and got an assist. So he played in the next game and they got sent back down. But uh, in the four NHL games that he has in his career, because he had two in the end of last season, um, he's got three points in four games. That bodes well for a, a second round pick, former second round pick. So he is looking to be a good piece added to the puzzle, but not quite yet. He still has a lot of seasoning to do at the AHL level before he's going to make the jump to the NHL. Um, and that more is more or less comes for the 200 foot game, the uh, defensive responsibilities, and maybe even bulking up a little bit more because he is kind of, he's only five foot eight. He's tiny. Um, but is he, he brings a lot of creativity and a lot of um, excitement. I think when he has the puck, yeah, I like watching what he's doing, and I'm excited to go watch him play at the Barracuda level because he is leading that team in scoring. So um, good thing to see, good things happening for him, and I think uh, he's going to look good. But going back to uh, the two quick goals, this seems to be the Sharks' MO this season is mental mistakes. It's the best way that I can describe what is going on here. Giving up two goals, basically a goal, at the shift after giving up a goal, that just really, really hurts your team mentally, um, it, it just puts you back, you know, obviously by two goals, but it, it's just like a, a backbreaker in a way. Um, what you want to see and what good teams do is they bounce back from a goal and either score a quick one themselves to kind of get that one back or um, set the pace and get things rolling again. The Sharks just have not been able to do that pretty much maybe once or twice this season. It, it, they just keep getting these quick goals um, coming after them. So, I think uh, this group, this this team, and and I'll get into this again later about the game tonight um, with that second that shorthanded goal against same same kind of deal there, yeah. uh, just miscommunication all around and the team just not gelling. You know, like it's almost like there's too many too many new players that don't know each other yet and the chemistry is not there. Um, and then compound the fact that you're just constantly losing and you're constantly down on yourself, constantly not trusting second guessing just holding the stick a little bit harder because you're constantly losing you don't want to make a mistake it just it's like a downward spiral so um again i'll get into that a little bit later but another loss and the season to the florida panthers here yeah uh and, and the note you have the you know to regroup uh better after a goal and that's you know again we're talking about season long trends so far for the sharks and that's definitely one of them again this group has been described as fragile, right? When mm-hmm. when things aren't going their way, it just starts to slowly deteriorate or rapidly deteriorate one way or the other. It's deteriorating, right? So, um, you know, again, hoping that they at least uh, kind of learn how to just bounce back. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean bounce back and score a goal or bounce back and win the game, but to bounce back with that level of effort and that, uh, that feeling that, you know, the game's not over just because we got scored on uh, recently, right? Um, there's, there's plenty of game left. Let's fight for it guys. Right. There's, there's gotta be that mentality and that goes beyond just winning that game. That is something that, uh, permeates through the locker room for the rest of the season and for the guys that are returning next season, uh, for the next season as well. So you want to have that culture of, you know, if you are going to lose, they're going to earn it, right? They got to earn those two points from us tonight, guys. So it's, we're not just going to roll over because again, pity parties at the bench and we're sad. So, um, again, that's kind of been a trend this season. Hopefully we see a little less of that. Even if the losing continues, that'd be okay. But uh, to be able to step up and play the game uh, all the way through the full 60, even if it means you're going to get beat, uh, never giving up. And there's certain guys, again, 
that are going to help lead those guys uh, to to playing that way. One of them, Logan Couture, the captain, again, not there. And then, like in tonight's game, a guy like Nico Sturm, uh, you know, his work ethic. He's a guy that you know on the bench. He's getting everybody pumped and ready to rock, uh, regardless of what the score is. Guys, go out there and do the hard work. Follow my lead. And again, he wasn't there, so um, I'm sure that has a little bit to do with some of the let up uh, now and then. But again, hopefully, as a group, they continue to to push past uh, that uh, that fault of theirs, if you will. One note I want to make about Daniel Gushin, by the way, um, you know, he seems to me like a Kevin LeBanc replacement right now. Again, hopefully what you're saying, he bulks up a little bit, his 200-foot game, et cetera, et cetera. But those are the same exact things everyone's been saying about Kevin LeBanc since he joined the Sharks too. Maybe bulking up a little bit, maybe having his eyes up a little bit more, um, you know, those types of things. So I I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that Gushin is, uh, you know, somebody who's going to be able to grow past where Kevin LeBanc is. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things we just have to wait and see. And I, I like what you're saying. Um, maybe getting an opportunity to see him uh, play a little bit more with the Barracuda, kind of grow that game. If you had an opportunity to go over and see the Barracuda play, uh, definitely a uh, standout player for that club to watch. So I think, uh, I think Gushin's more of a, more of a bear Bonoff than a LeBanc type player, maybe because he's Russian and I'm just typecasting <laughs> him, but I, I, he's a little bit more slicker skater, more offensive, more, more of a shooter version of Bear Bonoff. Bear Bonoff's more of a playmaker. Mm-hmm. I think um, Gushin's more of a pure goal scorer, and he has a wicked wrist shot, man. That kid can shoot the puck. So, um, I mean, I don't think he's going to be, he's not going to like lead the league in goals or be like a huge goal scorer, but I think for the Sharks, eventually down the road at his peak, yeah. he'll probably be a 20 goal scorer, which is great. Um, kind of, yeah, I guess kind of like LeBanc, but hopefully his defensive woes aren't as bad as LeBanc. Um, good question here for Grand Eiser following up on that. Should we expect this year's squad to gel? For lack of a better word, they're on the island of misfit toys, right? Rentals and second chance players and rookies. Yeah, it's kind of a hodgepodge. Um, this team is kind of exactly that. You have the young guys and you want to have some veteran players that, to teach them how to play in, in the league and to, you know, Play the right way, as they always say, which is just so dumb, but so cliche. But play the right way, and um, then you're going to have the players that are veterans kind of getting a second chance here, uh, like Hoffman, and and prove what they can do so that they can get traded to a contender eventually by the trade deadline. So a lot of these guys just don't have... Loyalty's not quite the right word, but um, they know they're not going to be sticking around. So in a way, they're playing selfishly, instead of as a team i think that kind of hurts them a little bit and no offense to them but they have to look out for their own careers and they're on one-year deals, so they have to selfishly play and not really worry about getting wins or losses i'm sure Gary told him we don't care about winning not that we don't care about winning that let me rephrase that yeah <laughs> we don't care we're less we're less um we less we care less about the results and more about the style of play we want we want to work hard we want to get you. I'm talking about the guys that are in just for one year deals. We want to get you in and get you out to a contender and get your career on the right path and get you going. Hopefully, get you another, depending on their age, another you know deal here or there down the road with another team and prove that you can still play in the NHL um, while you're also helping the Sharks and helping us get off the ground and rebuilding here and, and getting the culture established and you know yada yada yada. So. It's tough to kind of get a team mentality when it's like that, I think, because in the back of your mind, you're always thinking of your next contract and your next move. In fact, did you hear Hoffman? Hoffman moved from um, he went from from I forgot what team it was. He went to the Canadians and they asked, like, why he moved from one team to the other. And he goes, well, they pay me more. Well, yeah, that duh. Like, yeah, you're getting a pay raise if you go to another team. So that that's kind of i mean and again this it's not like these guys are selfish it's not like they're they don't care about the team they do it's just they know what's going on in san jose and they know what's it's a stepping stone if you will for their career nothing wrong with that it is what it is they're still going to be entertaining they're still going to put out hopefully a good product on the ice but i think that's part of why the gelling and why the team is not playing very well together is partly because a lot of them are new and they're just thrown in there 
and they don't really communicate as well with another with one another. And then the other part is a lot of these guys won't be here in not even in a year in what four months, whatever March is five months, the trade deadline. So it's going to look like a very different team. Yeah, I, th- I think the right way to say it with with Greer's message would be more that not so much that we don't care as you had correct yourself, but more like we have realistic expectations as to where we think the team's going and where the team's going to be. And um, that's why you got a one year deal with us so that we can capitalize on you as an asset and move you somewhere where you're going to be able to compete. Right. Uh, I think that's kind of, I think the right way to say it is that management has realistic expectations of where the team is supposed to be and where they're going. Um, As far as other players gelling and all that stuff. um, Yeah. A lot of them aren't going to be there, but you know, the funny thing is in, in trying to be selfish to boost your yourself, make yourself look good. You try to do too much on your own and it's, it's going South. You make yourself look a lot better when you, are gelling and working as a team and and you guys are scoring goals that way or at least making good plays you look better when you're working uh cohesively as a team and not thinking selfishly so if they are thinking that way it's probably hurting them even more so um there's that regardless let's uh move on to a a happy moment if we can uh (laughs) this is the sharks and st louis game where the sharks ended up winning this one Five to one. Now, Aaron, you've got a note in here saying that is not a typo. So just you wanted to make sure everybody knew that we got this one right. Sharks, St. Louis Blues, the five one Sharks win. Uh, how surprised were you at the final score? Uh, very surprised. I was watching this one just going, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall. Right. And that they're going to blow it in the third period. They have a was it a five nothing lead going into the third period. I'm like, OK, how's this going to end? Because I've seen 10 goals get scored on them. And yeah in one game twice so um it, I, I was pleasantly surprised i was happy i was happy for the team because i feel like they were working really hard and and getting to that point where they deserved kind of to be on the other end of things like this um and it was five nothing it wasn't like it was one to one and two to one like it was straight up five goals in a row uh almost got the shutout up until the end but um a very dominant game and proof that the sharks can do this they can't not every night obviously nobody's going to do that every night but when things when they work hard and things go their way or when they you know when they create their own luck and they're working hard this is the result this is what quinn wants to see out of these guys and working hard and getting these kinds of wins so good for them i'm glad they got to celebrate it was also a win and then they had a big break up until tonight so that was a was a thursday night until tonight so they had a good break and always feeling good getting a win like that going into the break. Who cares about the earlier parts of the season and giving up 20 goals in two games? Um, I think uh, a good morale boost, if you will. And I and even going into tonight's game, I don't think tonight, I thought they played okay. I, they weren't great, obviously, but they were playing a very good team. But St. Louis is kind of a hit or miss. And they also had their backup goalie in. And I mentioned this before. A lot of teams are going to be throwing their backups against San Jose because it gives their <laughs> their starter a break, right? And uh, after, was it fourth goal or fifth goal? Did they score one? I can't remember if they got one on Bennington or not. Bennington came in. Um, they did get one on Bennington. Yeah. So Bennington came in, but he had a 929 save percentage in the more than half the game that he played. So he he definitely settled down the Blues and and got them on the right, on the right path. But... Um, yeah, starting their backup goalie, and he did not do well and uh, ended up getting the hook, and Bennington came in. So, um, yeah, kind of sent, I don't want to say shockwaves in the NHL, but kind of a, oh, wow, another team that should not have lost the Sharks. But I don't think there's any team that should lose the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I think there was a lot of good things that came out of this game. First of all, a Sharks win after several losses again. Uh, I'm I'm more on team let's tank, right? But every once in a while, we need to have a win, a little, little morale booster. That's good for for not just the players, but for the fan base, right? It's always nice to get a good win, right? And to win in the way that they did, you know, 5-0 going into the third, and then it takes them forever to finally score that one goal against. Too bad he couldn't get the shutout for his efforts. Uh, but, um, you know, to be able to win like that, solid. And then there's the uh, the next best thing that happened in that game, 
tacos, right? So four in a net, four tacos you get. Uh, so yeah, we we actually I don't know, Aaron. Did you did you capitalize on the tacos? Did you did you uh, get some free ones? Oh, I wasn't at the game. You don't have to be at the game. Oh, you just you have to have the link. I'll give you the link, buddy. Don't you worry I'm not about it. Go okay? get free tacos. I'll buy my own tacos. Thank you. <laughs> well, I went and got some tacos. It's uh four for everybody uh who's who's there at time of redemption. I had both the kids and myself. I don't eat the tacos. They had six tacos each. It was a great day for them. So. They- Oh, you know, I can't lie. It was, you know, a lot last, you know, my. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, tacos, another awesome thing that happened in that game. There you go. Uh, also, in this game, the reason that I was at this game is because the Cupertino Cougars 10UA hockey team, uh, who won NorCal last season, uh, they were in attendance and they had the shootout opportunity at the first intermission. And uh, my son, so my son, Jay's last year, they did this and he was like, I don't know, seventh shooter or whatever it was. Uh, one of the very few to shoot and score, which was awesome. Um, and we got that on video and everything else this time around. Uh, he was the first shooter. So I said, you got to set the tone, buddy. <laughs> Good luck. So I actually have a clip here sent uh, from none other than Nick HBK, Fan of the show, he was in the uh, in the arena in attendance, uh, and he recorded this one. So, Super Producer Jason, let it roll, please. Oh, he missed! Come on, Jace. Just barely, just barely. I mean, it, you know, he loaded up like he was going to shoot, and then he pulled it to the backhand. That one looked pretty good to me. Uh, certainly better than I would have done. I would have just shot and hit the glass, just like uh, a friend of the show, Noah Gregor. Uh, but you know, uh, it, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and then after all was said and done, of course, all the kids are there trying to get uh, pucks and sticks and everything else from the players and whatnot. All the players went down the tunnel, but Drew Remenda was still there doing some post game stuff. And uh, when he was done with that, he uh, he turned to all the kids and he looked at the pucks that they had and he said, "Hey, these are the boring black pucks. Let me get you." Uh, the other one. So he went and got, I believe we have an image here. He got some uh, pucks that had the Sharks logos on it. There's my son, Jace, uh, with his Cougars uh, dryland gear on. And then he's got a water bottle there. That was Mario Ferraro's water bottle. Wow. (laughs) Drew Remenda handing out water bottles to the kids, (laughs) man. Oh, he made their night so much fun. Uh, And you can see the smile on his face. He was just so stoked. Uh, so some kids were coming out with uh, different players, water bottles. I think one of them was uh micro plastic and some number 16. I don't know who number 16 was, but there's, there you go. So anyway, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely uh, a fun night uh, for the kids, for them to see a sharks win in convincing fashion. Everybody got on the jumbotron like a hundred times and all that. Jazz. It was a whole lot of fun. So just a really great day. Uh, I'm sorry. Great night, I guess. Uh, for for the kids, so uh, really cool stuff. Now, Aaron, uh, in the game itself, though, uh, somebody scored uh, twice, and it's a guy that I have not been too high on uh, so far <laughs> this season, and certainly tonight there was an, an opportunity uh, that he just blew it. But uh, Hoffman gets uh, two goals in this game as well, uh, and, and Zadina picking up a couple of assists. There's, there's a lot of good things going on here, so why don't you go ahead, run through the guys that you want to talk about here, and we'll just kind of roll with it. Yeah, well, you just said it, so uh Hoffman got two two goals and Zadina got the two assists on his two goals so getting those guys kind of going uh it's good to see you get them points Giovanni Smith scores his first goal as a shark and the when a fourth line guy bruiser gets his first goal of the season everyone loves it and sure enough they were celebrating like they just won the cup with him so it's great <laughs> to see um we did have a garbage goal here Luke Kunin Cunning got his fourth of the season which I now believe, let me double. Been waiting. You got been waiting to use off, that. dude. <laughs> He's tied with Fabian Zetterlin now for the lead, leading the Sharks with four goals. Beginning of the season, if you would have said 17 games in the season, who's going to be leading the Sharks in goals? Would you have guessed Zetterlin or Kunin ever? No. Absolutely I probably would have said not. Hurdle, maybe Eklund, Duclair, maybe Hoffman. Maybe he goes on a hot run. No, this is just 
pathetic and garbage. But anyway, um, what I was going to say, the last thing I was going to say is Capo Kakinen played amazing. I thought he had a very strong game. He looked great. It's unfortunate he didn't get the shutout, but it's not like he didn't work for this win. He had 44 saves on 45 shots. 45 shots. They yeah. couldn't score on him on 45 shots or 44 shots. So that's just crazy. Like, um, anyway, like if they're going to get a shutout, it's going to be a 50 save shutout. That's what's <laughs> going to happen this year. And it's probably going to be Blackwood because Blackwood is looking very sharp and very good every night. Gives the Sharks a chance to win every night. Um, so yeah, that, that's all I got for this game. You got any more to add for, uh, the, uh, St. Louis blues game? Not entirely. No, I think, um, just a lot of good things happening. You touched on a lot of it already. Um, you know, again, for me, I wasn't very high on, uh, on Cunning after the first uh, handful of games here. Um, I was very hopeful when the sharks got him in the first place last season, but, um, this season so far, just not overly impressed. But, you know, again, if, if he's leading, <laughs> he's co-leading, I guess you could say, the team uh, in goals. So he must be doing something right. But, um, yeah, I, you know, again, we talk a lot about Mackenzie Blackwood and how uh, how good he looks. Kakinen definitely deserves uh, the pat on the back for this one. Like you said, uh, 44 saves on uh, on 45 shots. So um, it, he earned what what was very close to being a shutout for him, uh, but just an amazing effort from him. And these are the types of things that if you're going to keep only Blackwood and you're going to trade uh, Kakanen away, these are the types of games that are going to help him bring back uh, a very good quality asset, either in a pick or a prospect or whatever the case may be. Um, it's games like this that are going to get him shipped off to a team that deserves that effort more than the Sharks will this season. So, um, yeah, done with Tonight's, that one. Now. Uh, the stats have, have updated finally on the, on the page. And yeah. After tonight's game, Blackwood is over is at nine hundred percent, nine hundred save percentage. Okay. Um, Capo is at eight ninety six. So had he made that one more save and got the shutout, he probably would have been at nine hundred. But just going back to both goaltenders, um, they are really. It's crazy to say. I don't want to say they're saving the Sharks, but they're making the Sharks competitive at least. They the goaltending is finally not really the problem here. So um, good to see and, and good to see the consistency by those guys. They're working hard and um, again, working for their next contract, whether it's in San Jose or not right now, I think Blackwood looks to be every week. I keep saying this. He looks to be like a legit starter in the NHL um, being on a very bad team and coming out looking great. And New Jersey now might be regretting that trade, but um good for him and and i wouldn't mind seeing him long term in the sharks absolutely i mean we talk about you know uh trading guys away to get prospects and, and picks and everything back this is one of those guys that i would rather you know like you said hang on to and uh mm -hmm. kind of make him part of the cornerstone of of uh, this franchise kind of going forward so um uh, you know i mean maybe a little early to say that you know he could be just having a great start to the season and then just you know downhill uh but as of right now the way he's looking uh, absolutely. This is a guy that I would rather uh, hang on to uh, than just, you know, trade away and pull uh, some asset that you're not really sure. You know, you know how I am and I like the known quantity. That's why I'm OK with uh, unloading like a, a first round pick for somebody who you know what you're getting uh, rather than kind of rolling the dice. Because how many times have we seen a first round pick not pan out the way that, uh, you know, the the team that drafted that player thought they were going to. Right. So um, definitely. Um, Interesting to say the least. So we'll have to see how that all all that stuff uh, uh, pans out as the years go on here. What we had here, way to go, Miller. Thank you for your efforts. Oh yeah, yeah of course, Ryan Miller. He's part of the uh, the goaltending staff now. So um, yeah, I, I do wonder how much uh, Ryan Miller has to do uh, with the uptick in Sharks goaltending because I don't think yeah. Papo looked this good even last season, right? Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know how the situation is because Nabokov is what the head of goaltending and then Miller's under him i guess or with him but one of them might be minors and one of them might be nhl level so that could be why and my guess would be miller would be nhl level i think yeah. working with the younger younger people getting them uh getting bad habits out of them and stuff just want to get one more reminder if you guys want to support the show you can do that with the super chat function you can also use uh venmo at the fin factor uh, any comment you put into those, you can go ahead and uh, we'll read those off. 
and um, during the show, I want to answer your question for you. So that's one way to do it. Also, you can go to thefinfactor.com, uh, check out any of the merch that we have for sale. If you'd like to get something back for supporting the show, that's the uh, best way you can do it. And of course, uh, most important to me, at least, if you guys can go ahead and share uh, our stream out to your Sharks, friends, and families, uh, would absolutely appreciate that. Get more people in here. Uh, the chat is way more fun when there's more uh, things bouncing back and forth. So there you go. Uh, if the Sharks trade Blackwood, expect to get blown out every night after. Yeah, I mean, if if Kakinen's going to put up 44 out of 45 uh, every night, then maybe not. But I'm not expecting Aaron shaking his head no too. I'm not expecting yeah. that either. But absolutely, Blackwood, um, to me, has been the uh, better of the goaltenders. Um, he's making more of the spectacular variety saves as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I think if he's not making those uh, high danger saves, um, yeah, the scores could be a whole lot worse. And in fact, Aaron's going to talk a little bit about some of the high danger stuff a little bit later on here. Uh, after we talk a little about the Vancouver game, Aaron, talk to me about tonight's game, uh, positives, negatives. What did you think? <laughs> well, William Eklund had, I thought he had a pretty good game, at least the first two periods. Um, he had a great chance. So he got fed a puck on a two on one from hurdle, gave it across him cleanly. He got a move on, uh, on was it Demko and got to his backhand and just couldn't put it away. That would have been probably highlight reel of the year for the Sharks. Um, would have been even like you know top ten at ESPN. So it's unfortunate he didn't get the goal, and then he did get a goal again later. And then Vancouver challenged it and called it back, and they won the challenge, and the, and the refs called it back. I didn't think that should have been called back. It was called a goal on the ice, which means it's harder to overturn. Um, to me, it looked like the defender got a stick in there, kind of got it wedged in between him and the goalie. And that kind of pushed Demko out of position, his leg, um, this is talking about Zetterlin Zetterlin's leg kind of hit Demko a little bit and pushed him out of position, but it was the defender that kind of interfered him and, and put him in that position. So to me, I, I feel like going the other way, the sharks would have, they would have called that a goal for against the sharks. I mean, not to be completely biased we are a shark show but i i just like like they can't catch a break like that's ridiculous and uh i don't know i to me that was a good goal and it was the defender and if anything that should have been a penalty on the defender for hooking him and getting a stick in that spot and that wasn't called so that was kind of annoying um it's unfortunate because then at that point it was zero zero and then vancouver scored oh did you see that goal but by, by um uh, Hughes, Quinn Hughes is disgusting. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize Quinn Hughes is leading the league in scoring. That oh, shot was unreal. Bad Just... angle. And he went far side top corner. I mean, well, I mean, it hit the post and in, but it was high off the post. It wasn't like it was low, but I mean, it, it went, that was nuts. <laughs> Noah Claxton throwing a little shade, the bias factor. I see that. No, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to let that one go, buddy. Uh, yeah, no, that was just an amazing shot. I don't even mind that that one went in. That was beautiful. Like you couldn't have placed that any better there. You just couldn't have placed it any better. It was a perfect shot. No, it's Quinn Hughes is elite, man. That, and I I think I wrote on, I was using blue sky and I was like, that's a, he's a cheat code in the NHL. It's ridiculous. (laughs) He beat two guys skating, beat two guys, and then got that shot off on a bad angle and put it in a ridiculous spot. I mean, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing. So, um, Kellen just said leading the league in scoring for D-men. Correct. And I just looked it up. He is now second only behind Pastor, Pasternak, Pasternak um, for the lead in scoring. So, he's in second place in the league to- overall. Um, yeah, Quinn Hughes, 28 points. David Pasternak has 29. So, he must have gotten a point the other night. Um, so, yeah, I, I, he's just, it's just not fair. So, give that one up. Fine whatever come back and, and get the next one the one that really made me angry though and we'll talk about this hoglander we'll get in we'll get in this first hoglander slew foots lebank now lebank came in hoglander was kind of up against the uh right up at his at his bench lebank kind of gives him a little hit nothing nothing bad nothing illegal nothing it wasn't crazy he didn't like knock him down he just kind of gave him a shot and he turns around and slew foots him. Now, for those listening or or not knowing what a, a slew foot is, it's when you take your foot and you kick out the other person's foot and make them fall to the ice. 
That's what this guy did from behind. So he was behind LeBanc, kicked his foot out, kind of pulled him back as he kicked his foot out so that LeBanc would fall on the ice. LeBanc kind of stayed down. It looked like it hurt him. Um, the rest call penalty. They kind of get together and they decide to call it a five-minute major. So now the reason they called it a five-minute major off the bat is so they can review it because they wanted to review it. It's better to call it a five-minute major, review it, and, and backtrack it than the other way around because then you can't review it. So they call it a five-minute major, they review it, and they go, ooh, that's worse than what we thought. So then they gave him a match penalty, kicked him out of the game, so that's a 10-minute misconduct, five-minute major, Sharks on the power for five minutes. That also means he's automatically up for a um, review at the league afterwards. Any any 10-game, any time you get kicked out of a game, it's automatically reviewed um, afterwards for supplemental um, discipline. So um that was just it was a really dirty play kind of out of nowhere and you're hitting the bank who is probably the least dirty player on the sharks team because <laughs> he doesn't hit anybody so it's kind of weird um and kind of a weird time to do it in the game at that point vancouver was up one nothing so there was about roughly a minute and a half left in the second period so that kind of luckily for the canucks broke that five minute power play up um of course, this is the part where I get angry. Canucks have the puck. They dump it in, and there's about eight seconds left ticking down the clock, right? There's probably four or five different ways that the Sharks could have cleared this out, taken it to the next period, down one nothing with three and a half minutes left in the power play. Instead, Blackwood miscommunicates with the puck goes behind the net. Blackwood goes back to retrieve it. Kind of miscommunication between him and the defender and the forwards, he just kind of pushes the puck up against the boards, just throws it up against the boards. There's uh, a four checker in there. Mind you, the clock is ticking down. Now it's about six seconds. He wins the puck off the boards, gets it to the net. Uh, Blackwood makes the first save. Another guy comes in, gets the rebound with 0.8.87 seconds left in the period, and they score shorthanded. That's just a backbreaker, man. You're on a five-minute power play, and you give up a goal right before the period ends. I mean, Blackwood either lets the puck go, let it go around and someone else retrieves it, gets the puck and just stops it and waits for someone to come take it. Uh, There's two ways. He gets it up the boards to someone who pins that guy in the board. There's another way. Like, there's just so many things that could have gone wrong that went wrong, and the puck ends up in the shark's net. And I feel like this happens time and time again this season. And again, it goes back to what we were just talking about earlier. The miscommunication, the guys that don't, that aren't, they're just not gelling. They're not gelling as a team. And if and when the Sharks ever able to fix these kinks out, they're going to be a lot more competitive team. And right now they are not. So it's frustrating to watch. I know a lot of you were frustrated in the fantasy league as we were talking about it online. Um, It's just, it's tough and it's hard and it's annoying and us as fans, I feel like we can see it coming. Like, as soon as that puck goes in, I could just tell by the way the Sharks were skating nonchalantly into that corner to retrieve the puck. They weren't trying. They were just giving up. And they were going, okay, it's time to go into the period down one nothing. They weren't trying. And Vancouver sniffed it out, and good on them. They got a goal out of it. So uh, it's it's frustrating and annoying at times to watch this team. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, as you already said, like it, it's it's that um, that assumption that hey, you know, we, we have the man advantage. Pucks in our zone. Our goaltender's got it. We're gonna get out of this. Whatever. The clock's ticking down. We're almost done with the period. Oops, it's in the back of our net. Uh, again, that full sixty minute effort, and in this case, it was just seconds extra effort for just seconds that would have made made the whole thing go away right but I, I do put this one personally i put this one on blackwood like normally you you don't hear me blaming goaltenders i put this one on blackwood um the the little tiny poke that he gave to push the puck into the corner uh first of all was was incredibly weak uh the way that he just poked at it to push it towards the corner um guys were kind of already turning and like away from the puck and he still kind of put it in that area um, I don't know for me, if I'm him, I'm controlling that puck, um, at least a little bit before I just kind of tap it into the corner, uh, that, so to me, that was not a very heads up play, uh, by Blackwood. And, and again, normally I, I wouldn't be blaming goaltenders for things that I don't think is their fault for me. This one 
that's on him. Uh, now the players could have certainly uh, played till the end of the period there and, and battled for a little bit more or uh, been a little bit more cognizant and aware of where the puck was, where their goaltender was um, all, all, and where the opposition was. Cause again, it's some guy wanted off the wall and put it right towards the middle there. And then it was just, you know, guy walks right in, uh, takes shot uh, and the rebound kicks out and they score. And it's like, there's a lot of things that could have happened. You could have boxed out the guy who scored. You could have, uh, been in front of the net to block that guy from even getting the chance in the first place. You could have hustled to the puck when he makes a soft little tap. You could have not tapped it in the first place. There's a lot of things that you're saying they, they could have done differently, but again, they're just looking to get, you know, they're, they're one, nothing down and we're just looking to get to the locker room right now. So um, these are the types of things that I think um, with strong leadership that again, is just not there because Logan's injured and uh, Nico is out as well. Those types of guys that are going to be like, Hey, Keep your boots on until the end of the period till you hear that whistle, right? So uh, those guys aren't there right now. Uh, and certainly things like this, I think, have at least a little bit to do with the lack of leadership uh, coming off the bench uh, with those guys not being there. So uh, it's really just too bad. And, of course, with 0.7 seconds on a five-minute power play, the Sharks go down uh, 2 nothing to go into uh, the third period. So, um, yeah, just – just you know bad news all the way around for for that entire play and it's just a shame that it had to happen now one of the guys that i wanted to call out earlier and i said um you know he had an opportunity um that just he he blew it essentially and now he, he hoffman scored two goals in the previous game we talked about in this game here near the end of it um he had an opportunity to wire a pass down to Duclair, uh, who had nobody around him and uh, he was standing by the net and he tries to shoot it instead. It goes straight into a defenseman. And I'm talking Duclair is wide open. And Duclair like goes like this, you know, looking up at this, like, come on, man, I'm right here. It's just one of those things where it's like, I understand you're a shooter, but when when you've got a guy right there, you've got to be smarter than that. So if this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with being selfish, that makes him look worse. Than if he wasn't selfish and just wired the puck down to Duclair, whether or not Duclair makes that that shot or not, whether the puck goes in or not, Hoffman looks a whole heck of a lot better by showing that he can see that player, he can make the right play than he does by just wiring it into a defense when the puck kicks back out. So for me, again, another player that I'm looking at, and I just haven't been overly impressed this season. I understand he leads the or he co-leads the team with goals, but I'm just not. I don't know. I'm not really feeling it out of Hoffman. So, uh, oh no, actually he's not even leading the team in goals. No. It was two other guys. My bad. Zetterlin and uh, Cunning. So he's not yeah. even leading the team in goals anyway. And this is supposed to be the guy that we got as a shooter. So I, I would much rather see him make the smart play, make the right play than for him to just try to wire it onto the net and it goes nowhere. So again, for me, if we're talking about selfish play and them trying to boost their, themselves up by, by being selfish with the putt, this is making you look worse. So if you want to be able to get traded to a team that you know has an opportunity to win a cup, this ain't the way to do it. Uh, that's my take on, on Hoffman. I haven't been very high on him. Now, Duclair, on the other hand, I started off low on Duclair, and it was his effort, or the lack thereof, I should say. I have to say, in the last few games, and specifically even tonight, seeing him moving those legs, there's a difference. He's really going for it right now. I don't know mm -hmm. what what they was said in the locker room or what if he changed his diet. I don't know, but whatever it is, I can see a difference in the way that he's moving out there, and um, it's it's promising. I, I like seeing uh, the amount of effort out of him that I am. I'd like to see some results behind it, just you know, as a like a confidence booster even for the guy, because um, I think you know in the last few games he certainly has deserved uh, to be more on the score sheet. So uh, again. I'd like to see him kind of continue uh, the rest of the season with that same kind of energy, uh, but I'm starting to see it out of him now. Whereas in the beginning of the season, I really wasn't, and I was kind of wondering, man, what, why, what's going on with this guy? I thought he was, I thought he was a better player than this, and I, I feel like I'm seeing a little bit more now. Now, Aaron, you did have a um, a hurdle power play thing you wanted to talk about here, so uh, go ahead and fire away on this one. Yeah, just a quick stat that uh, Hurdle's power play goal tonight put him in fifth on all times, all time Sharks points list, and he surpassed Owen Nolan. He was tied with Owen Nolan for a little while, so he passes Owen Nolan on the all time great Sharks list, which is pretty cool. Um, some old school people in here, like uh, like Peter St. John, will remember who Owen Nolan is, so I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. Um, just a cool stat, got that from um. 
in the game, actually. They post that stat during the game after he scored his point, after he scored his goal. So it's pretty cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So I think right now we're ready for the roll call. Yeah. Sound good? <laughs> All right, good. Uh, roll call. Guys, let us know what city you're watching us from and how do you get to your zen watching this team? <laughs> Aaron, I'm not even sure how to answer this one. How do you get to your zen? I think doing this show helps a lot because <laughs> this show, we try to highlight positives, not all negative. So um, that helps kind of uh, even keel in a way. That's what I think. That's how I think about it. Okay. I, I, I like that. And I hope that other people here are also getting to their Zen by, uh, by tuning in and watching <laughs> the show. Uh, if not just watching and listening to us, at least being in the comments section where you guys can talk to each other. Uh, you know, a, a shoulder to cry on, if you will. Uh, I think maybe for me, um, I'm watching these games with the expectation that it's it's not going to end well in the first place. So I got nothing to be upset about. Uh, the only times I really get upset is when I'm looking at, again, it's an effort thing. When, when, when the effort's not there. It, I'm happy to lose a game. Trust me, I have no problem with that whatsoever. But when we're just kind of rolling over, okay, that's that's ridiculous. So... Uh, yeah, for me, um, I, it's I, it starts off with uh, an attitude, an expectation, and uh, I, I think I don't really need to find my zen because I'm feeling pretty chill in the first place. But certainly, uh, coming on here and chatting with all you fine folks, uh, Noah Claxton, Peter, St. John, and company, all you guys, uh, this this certainly does uh, help quite a bit and help decompress for the week. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, let's see, we got some answers in here. Uh, about this um, San Diego watching prospect videos, mock drafts, and the fin factor. There you go. That's how Noah Claxton finds his end. Uh, Scott K says, Muay Thai. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand this team. I got to kick something. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Scott. That's awesome, buddy. Um, let's see. He says, uh, Peter St. John says, uh, Fresno, my joy is seeing young players develop. There you go. That's always good. Uh, I also like to see veteran guys succeed. Absolutely. And I actually teared up. During St. Louis. Wow. There you go. 5 1 win uh, is all it takes to get Peter St. John emotional. How about that? <laughs> Very good. It's just all right. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some more of these coming in. If we get some good ones, we'll uh, certainly uh, call them out. Now, Malachi says he's uh, watching from Shark City. There you go. Um, <laughs> Kellen Foster says Orange County, and he looks up Macklin stat line. So uh, Kellen's referring to Macklin Celebrini, the uh, current consensus uh, number one overall. Uh, basically he's saying uh, the Sharks are going to be that bad, then let's look at the guy that we're going to end up drafting. So there you go, Kellen. Thanks for your uh, your contribution to the chat there, Kellen. Appreciate that. All right, Aaron, do we have any positives so far to pull out from this season? We're approaching Thanksgiving. This is one of those milestone dates <laughs> that we always point to, 20-ish game mark, right? So uh, let's start picking it apart a little bit. Uh, positives, what do you got? We just stunk. <laughs> I think the uh, the two the top two lines are starting to look a little bit more dangerous than they have in the beginning of the season. I feel like they're kind of gelling a little bit more. Uh, was it Hurdle, Zetterlin, and Eklund look pretty? They they are obviously the most dangerous line that we have, um, and look like they're doing something almost every time they're on the ice. So they're fun to watch. But the other line, um, who is it? Uh, Duclair is with. Uh, I guess right now he's with. Is he with Granlund? Because the lines are kind of messed up with some guys out right now, but um, I thought they actually had some good chances. Where I was like, "Wow, they're actually making the other team go on their heels a little bit here." So um, it's good to see, you know, some positives. They're not completely laying over and turtling in every game, so they have some bite to them, if you will. The power play, though, I see what you did there. The power play still atrocious. It, it's. It is just so bad. Addison's helped at least get the puck moving a little more. But it is, if you watch, or when I watch, I see the puck barely moving around, not getting passed around quickly enough, not enough shots, and no movement off the puck. There's not a lot of guys moving. They all kind of stand still, almost like they're on the penalty kill, waiting for the puck to come. You know what I mean? Like, they're just very passive. They're not aggressive at all, and it's not working, and I think they need to switch it up. I so, like when there's a lot more movement and puck movement and guys skating around and getting in position because it throws the penalty killers off, not being able to cover who's going to cover who. 
you know, just that split second of being able to get open and get space, you're going to have chances and get shots on. And I just, right now, they're not doing it. So this is supposed to be positives. And somehow you managed, <laughs> you did not find your zen, Aaron. You didn't I did find not. your zen. Did not. Uh, I was expecting more on that five-minute power play, all right, tonight. Yeah, no, hey, fair enough. I'm 100% with you. And I'll start off with some positives first before I jump into Well, no, you know what? I'll do some negatives first since we're already talking negatives. Thanks to you. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. The power play for me is probably the biggest negative uh, for this team right now. It's, it is absolutely, to use your word, atrocious. They are not slinging the puck around at all. Um, they are probably more dangerous five on five, I think, than they are on the power play. Uh, they finally, you know, again, got rid of the whole five man, uh, five forward thing. Uh, but I mean, Addison's been good. Don't get me wrong, but I just haven't even seen a big difference with him there. I mean, there's a little bit more control, but not, not by like, uh, you know, a mile or anything. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to take some more time. Obviously he's new to the team. He's new to the system, uh, all those things. So all right, fine. You, you know, give them a few more games and see how, you know, the, the power play improves, I guess. But I mean, when you're getting scored on, um, you know, on a, on a five minute where you're supposed to have this big advantage and, um, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a, a kind of a morale booster, you know, gosh, we've got a good opportunity here, guys. And then you get scored on with 0.7 seconds left and no less. I mean, that's takes all the wind out of your sails and your power play becomes the thing that makes you kind of tank a little bit for the rest of the game. Cause it, it brings you down. It's like five minute power play, and gosh, we we got scored on. Like, how deflating is that? Now they got one later on, sure, but they got one, um, and you're really only getting back to even because they had just scored a shorty on you earlier. So I, you know, it's it's just an ugly thing all around the power play. I've not really seen anything that's impressed me there. I'd like to see them try something different. Um, I don't know if it's just literally put two guys in front of the net and just crank shots and just pray. Like, I don't know if that's better, but what they're doing right now certainly doesn't seem to be working. Um, Even their zone entries. Most times, you know, most teams will do the drop back pass. We do it too. Um, They get across the line and that's about it. They, they don't really ever, ever get set up. Um, So I don't know for me, it's the power play has kind of been like the ugliest thing uh, so far this season. Uh, even, even just defense in general has been pretty bad, but not nearly as bad to me as a power play where you're supposed to be getting opportunities, you're supposed to have control and they're just scrambling, right? They're in scramble mode the entire time. So um, hopefully we get away from that soon. But as far as positives, which we were supposed to be talking about, uh, (laughs) you said the two uh, lines look uh, uh, dangerous and competent. I would have to go back to goaltending. I think the goaltending has been awesome so far this year. As you said, it's finally not a problem for the Sharks, but they don't have anything else working for them, right? So, um, you know, the, the goaltending has really kept them in games where they should have been blown out big time. And um, it's just nice to see that uh, those those big, big saves because uh, they're exciting, too. And again, in a season where we're expecting the team's going to pick up a few more L's um, for them to be entertaining, the goaltending, the big saves like that. Again, 44 out of 45 uh, shots were saved in, in the, the 5-1 win. Uh, those types of games where it could have really got out of hand. That could have been a 6-5 game easily going the other way. So, um, you know, scoring goals is great, but seeing goaltenders making big spectacular saves has also been very entertaining, and it's certainly a big positive so far on the year. So um, between the Sharks uh, line or two uh, looking dangerous and competent and the goaltending looking phenomenal, um, there's a lot to to show up and, and be entertained by at least, even if they're still picking up the losses um going from goaltending to the next little section that we have here with some some sharks team stats now a lot of these team stats have to do with goaltending but you know how i am uh goaltending stats don't always tell the whole story about just the goalie it's usually about the team in general hence team stats so aaron go ahead and let us know uh which stats in particular you wanted uh to, to let everybody know about well, I think some of these are kind of obvious. They lead the league in shots against. Um, they are practically outshot in every single um, game. They are actually fourth worst shots for. So there's teams that are worse than them, which is amazing. Uh, but they have scored the least amount of goals. God, 18 goals is pathetic. Uh, or I'm just looking. Sorry, I'm just looking at even strength, not looking at everything. Um, 
but still shots against um we just said the power play is horrible so it's not like you're gonna get many more goals coming off the power play anyways <laughs> yeah you know what's crazy their power play as bad as it is is still not the worst in the league you know who's the worst this is crazy ovechkin is the worst wow. washington is the worst at seven percent seven percent the sharks are in 22nd at 17 percent more than double of what they have um and the pk as bad as it's been uh 27th so there are five teams worse than the sharks on pk so that yeah it's bad not good not bad but it's not league leading bad well or astronomical bad so we just stunk the other thing i was looking at is the expected goals for yeah um this is even strength the sharks are third last chicago and ottawa are worse expected goals against sharks are second worst any guesses on who's who is expected to get scored on more than the sharks oilers i thought was was down there what no no who uh columbus columbus blue jackets have some horrendous goalkeeping so um yeah they're they're just not good and then the other side I was going to bring up is PDO or SP save percentage. Um, that's where they add up your save percentage plus uh, shooting percentage. Shooting percentage. Thank you. And the sharks are dead last. Now, what that means, that's kind of a kind of a gauge of your luck in a way. It should even out. Everything should be close to uh, was a thousand. Add up to a thousand. And the Sharks are dead last by a long shot. So that means that should eventually even out. And we'll see that kind of even out. So what what's the saying I always say? It's a market correction. We will see a market correction in the Sharks at some point uh, for the better. And I think Vancouver was towards the top too right now. So, I, And I'm not saying they're going to jump in the standings, but I don't think they're going to be as terribly historically bad as they have been. I think things will kick up, especially... Once we get Coach Hare back, I mean, that's the other thing. The other thing I'm going to talk about is injuries right now. Coach Hare, apparently he had a setback about a month ago. He is still not even skating right now. That is scary. Something is up. And what I'm kind of pissed about is this is this is a long-term injury, right? Disclose what it is. Why are you being so secretive? It's dumb. It's an upper, lower body injury. I don't even remember. It's either upper or lower. Who cares at this point? Just say what it is. See what he's dealing with. It's it's really, it really irks me how not just the Sharks, but the NHL does this. It's so dumb. Uh, Nico Sturm had to take a leave of absence. He's missing this game. And he's going to miss the next game. There's your two of your top three centers or four centers, whatever. It's bugging here. It's gross. Um, Barabanov's still on the IR. I think he broke his pinky. Um, Jacob McDonald just came off the IR. Uh Gushin got sent back down to the to the Barracuda. And who else is on IR? Your boy Matt Benning is still on the IR. Um, and Oscar Lindblom got called up last week and then put on IR, which I thought was kind of weird. That they called him up to the NHL level and then put him on IR. So mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to him. I didn't really pay attention because, you know, he hasn't really done much. Um, it's just, you're missing a lot. And when you're missing your top defensive center in Couture, it really hurts the team a lot. And you're obviously your leader because he's your captain. So I still think the Sharks can and will be, I don't know if better is the right word, better than where they are right now, better than what they are right now. Um, Again, I'm not expecting them to like jump in the standings, but I don't think they're going to be as historically bad as they are in about a, whenever he comes back. I don't know when he's coming back. In a month, two months, they don't even have a timeline for him. It's just really weird. It's really, I don't like the secrecy and the, I don't know, the veiled stuff about it. It's so dumb. You had made a comment just before um, the injury talk about market correction and how the Sharks would kind of level out based off of your the PDO stat. Um I don't see that happening. And 
here's why while the longer they play together the more they gel and therefore the better you would hope that those numbers would be you're also forgetting that the trade deadline is going to knock a couple of these guys off the roster and add some players into it who are going to throw that gelling all the way off again and this team is going to be right back where it started so i would be surprised to see um a, a, a big uptick um in, in those numbers and certainly beyond the trade deadline to see that higher than what it is uh at least before the trade deadline i would expect that we see a drop off uh, because uh, like other teams would be adding players to make them better we would be subtracting players to make us better for the future so uh um, that's i i don't know i don't know i think you're I optimistic and i love that but but the trade deadline is not till march 8th that's sure. a long time. There's a lot of hockey between now and then. Absolutely. So I think to me, I think once Gauthier comes back, let's say he's back in January. I think we're going to see things turn around around January and February just to kind of get things rolling. And then the trade line comes and it all gets blown up. So, um, and again, they're not going to be, they're not going to be a playoff team. They're not going to come back roaring up the standings. I just think it's going to be a lot more entertaining and you're going to see more of a two game loss, one game win kind of thing. A little more consistency. All right, all right. Well, let's see if we can get some consistency coming in the next week of games. Wednesday in Seattle, 7 p.m. Friday uh, at home against Montreal, 12.30 p.m. game. That's a an interesting time there. And then it's a rally towel giveaway night for that one is the uh, celebration. Dan Ruzanowski, 2023 Foster Hewitt Memorial Award recipient uh, going into the Hockey Hall of Fame for broadcasting. Uh, you know, And again, for me, it's kind of strange hearing that because not not because Dan doesn't is not deserving, but because he's still active. And I guess that's the thing that they do with broadcasters. They don't care if you're retired or not. If you deserve to be in the hall, they put you in the hall. Period. He's still what the heck was that? Uh, he's still doing. Uh, he's still he's still broadcasting. So I, it's, it's strange that they would do that. I, I would figure it's retirement, but whatever. I guess it's for players only. I don't know. And then Saturday at home against Vancouver, seven p.m. They have tech tattoos as the giveaway they're doing some uh some interesting giveaways cool this stuff. year huh? i'm kind of surprised like to me i think the tattoos would have gone better for the 12 30 game because you're going to get a lot more kids of that game <laughs> but and i think originally they didn't have this rally towel giveaway for dan Rizanowski set up for that day um because they didn't know you know in the beginning of the season he was going to get that award so i think that was just kind of thrown on there but to me i think the tech tattoos would have been better giveaway for the day game um they're kind of like they like look like eight bit video game shark players um, as tattoos. That's what the tech tattoos look like. Um, but yeah, twelve thirty day after Thanksgiving, uh, Black Friday. Go to the Sharks game. That's that's what they're hoping for. Uh, be a family day. A lot of kids will be there. Um, I might actually be going to. I probably will be going to the Barracuda game this weekend. It's on Saturday at two o'clock. Um, uh, and it's the last two o'clock game until February. So it's the only chance I can really get my kids out to the game because they can't make a seven o'clock game. They'll be too tired. So, um, I don't know if you're going to be going or what you're doing this weekend, but you're probably playing hockey versus going to hockey. Uh, uh actually like the, the kids have the week off and everything because of Thanksgiving and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, not a whole lot going on actually this Saturday, which is too bad. Uh, I am two o'clock and of of uh the the kids playing hockey i love watching them do their thing what was that question you had two o'clock barracuda saturday perhaps and if so we'll certainly let you guys know on one of our uh, social platforms and maybe uh, we'll see you guys there that would be awesome so um aaron is there anything else that you wanted to uh throw down here i guess noah's asking super producer jason if they can get the hurdle video <laughs> uh i think that's the hard and all that one Oh, you know, I can't lie, it was, you know, a lot last, you know, month and and it was a lot of talking and and uh, thinking of everything and and especially over the last, you know, two weeks we got, you know. You got the extended cut, Noah. I guess Super Jason likes you. Um, we have a gluttony of Blue Sky invites if anyone's Blue Sky invites wants to join over there so that's one thing i could think of and yeah i'll be at the game on saturday for the barracuda 
be excited to go to that one. It's been a while. I think I haven't been this season yet. Um, and now I'm very glad that Gushkin Gushin got sent down, so they'll have a their top score back on the team. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, again, guys like Mook Madulin still. I'm I'm excited yeah. to see what they're doing. Right, so uh, certainly again, if we happen to go to that game, uh, we will let you guys know on uh, on the socials. And uh, again, feel free to let us know if you're there. Pop over, say hi. I'm sure uh, sure you know Aaron's not going to have any issues. Uh, maybe no. sharing some popcorn. There you go. Yeah. Sure, Bob, we're take a picture. There you go. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right, very good. Okay, so I think that's going to go ahead and wrap the show up. Guys, thank you so much for joining and being part of the chat. We do appreciate it. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. Aaron, I think this might be, and Super Producer Jason, you can correct me if I'm wrong, this might be the last show that we do like this. We just stunk. I, I, maybe he's telling me no, it's not going to be, but I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe there's another one. I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, certainly something to look forward to. The new set, uh, w- w- it's very close, very very close to being completed. So um, you know, again, maybe we'll have to figure out another way to do these lives to get people in here. Uh, but we'll probably be going back to doing recorded shows as well. Um, so uh, look forward to that definitely. Oh, here we go. Working to get the final touches for the set done before assembling it all together. Uh, yeah, like like we said, it's it's coming together. It's uh it's gonna be a reality here. So uh, certainly can't wait to unveil that one for you guys. Uh, anything uh, last words you want to say here, Aaron? Uh, yeah. Have a great Thanksgiving. You guys gonna be around? Are you cooking? You doing the turkey? So we are hosting. Yes, I don't think we were on the hook for the turkey though, uh, because we're hosting. So uh, we got that going on, and then we have a second day because uh, we do it Thursday and Friday, two different families, and then. Mm-hmm. That one, I think we're just doing sausages. <laughs> so just make it easier, dude. I'm not trying to do all these turkeys. No, and- no leftovers? No yeah, leftovers? I'm sure we could, but then I feel bad when here's my leftovers from the first family. You know, I don't know, dude. Whatever. Weird. So do good. With sausages. So anyway, <laughs> yes, Kellen, have a great Thanksgiving. I appreciate all the effort. Hey, thank you, uh, Kellen. Appreciate the kind words. And yes, absolutely uh, to all you folks listening out there. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. So on that note. Uh, For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys from the set next week. Maybe from the set next week, says Aaron. No, it wasn't me, Super Producer Jason. I didn't say it. It was him. He said it would be done by the end of the month. So I'm putting him Get on with it. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at TheFinFactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.